Welcome back to another episode of CCW Insider, where you're going to hear about the stories and matches from wrestling's last territory, Coastal Championship Wrestling. I am Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On this week's episode of CCW Insider, you're going to hear part two of my interview with Johnny Nova, one half of the CCW Tag Team Championship Champions. Uh, back in episode eight, a couple of weeks ago, we heard Johnny talk about breaking into the wrestling business, and we heard him talk about winning the CCW Tag Team Championships. In this interview, he's going to fill in the gap. What happened between those early days of breaking in and winning the CCW Tag Team Championship. To wrap things up, Johnny talks about his expectations for his run as a CCW Tag Team Champion. This is a great interview. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned. It's coming at you right now. I would say early on there, there's not much to speak of outside of like, I remember there's a Ring of Honor guy that would come in, Marker Dillinger. I got a really big victory over him at like 17. This is back like, yeah, I'm lying about my age. Like they're pulling a Jeff Hardy basically. Like, you know how you started really young. I would work under a mask as El Pinata sometimes just, just to get on shows because it's like, oh, like there's, there's no, there, there's, there's no way to tell. So there's not much to speak of out there. But I was learn, I was learning what it was take, what it takes to perform in front of a crowd. I could tell certain things I did weren't working. I could tell certain things that I did were working. There was a lot of pros and cons to it. I was still pretty like not smartened up to a lot of things. Um, I wish I would have found a way to surround myself with people that were like. On, on TV, like, stuff like that. Earlier on, I, I, I thought more, like, I don't know, I thought pro wrestling, uh, I thought there was a way to, to, like, get on radar and, like, you're just, like, kind of in the sports roster system and it's like a video game. Because I was 15, 16 yes. years old, you know what I mean? I'm like, it's like, it's like a scout will come to here because we're pro wrestling. They'll see me and, like, I, you know, but that's not the case, you know? It's, it's you have to be, it's like, you know, I don't want to say lucky in this business, but you got to work hard, don't get me wrong. But there's 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 certain places you you want to you want to be seen, and I don't think where I was at the time was a place that a lot of people were looking. So there's not there's not a lot to speak of there. I would say in that after that five year hiatus from like 2011 to 2016, that's where things start to pick up. So like I don't do practically anything for about four and a half five years. I maybe refereed at one one show here or there did some commentary for Keystone Championship Wrestling um, here and there, helped with some rings here and there. But I wasn't training. I wasn't doing much of anything. And then I started to get into some shape, cut a lot of weight off. And um, 2016, I see an ad pop up on Facebook for the Harley Race Wrestling Camp. And I remember hearing, like, stories of Kenny Omega going to that and thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, like, he showed up like like they always say like we could tell he was self-trained and i'm like that always stuck with me because i'm like well kenny omega could go there and like he didn't have any kind of reputation and they thought he was self-trained and i don't really have any kind of reputation ac acpw wasn't a thing anymore and there wasn't like if i like i'm sure not a lot of people well through respect to him i had mentioned i was showing my onslaught lagrange jackson a lot of people were just like they don't they don't know who he is so it's like that goes back to what i was saying earlier if you want to train in this business Go somewhere where someone is gonna, it, someone who's someone who's did it. Usually, if they've made a lot of money in this business, that's that's the where you want to go. But I, I digress. We um, 
we fast forward to the heart of the race camp in 2016. I go out there. I have two days with WWE scouts. It was supposed to be Gerald Briscoe. For some reason, he couldn't make it, but they sent Dave Taylor, who was a coach at the Performance Center at the time. And I learned a ton of stuff, a lot of stuff that was passed through William Regal to through Dave Taylor to me. Amazing experience. Days three and four, New Japan sends Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, gosh. Takahashi, right before he blew up, he's on his way back from Mexico, coming up at the time he meets the New Japan guys there. Evil. Uh, we have Guido and a lot of young Lions, who I'm sure are major stars right now, but at the time, I, was not, I, I wasn't very aware of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I grew up a WWE guy, and I, just, I was learning at the time, breaking you back in. I went to this harley race camp cold turkey five years no experience nobody knew who i was there i remember seeing guys like barrett brown uh who's an njpw strong absolutely bust his ass all the time and i've i've he's we haven't seen each other on things since then but i have so much i always had so much respect for that guy ace austin this was before he was on impact he was at this camp um few there's a few other names that uh might have gotten canceled in the last few years that were there as well and had a lot of success coming out of there. So I remember, you know, uh, they learned something from there. I learned a lot there. And I, I, I should mention too, the fifth day we had um, Shane Helms, Gregory Helms there uh, for, from at the time he was an impact wrestling. So we got a lot of, we had, I had so much to learn in one week. And on top of that, you just got Harley race sitting there tell, giving you honest feedback, Leland race, you know, his, his son in the business, he was running the uh, class, the general class at the time when the seminars weren't going on. And it was five days that absolutely busted my ass. Like, I, you know, you can only do so many Hindu squats and preparing the gym for professional wrestling. You cannot prepare for a professional wrestling match without actually being in the ring. So I went there, what I like to call cold turkey on professional wrestling, and uh, got my ass handed to me. They, I remember they initially said, we're going to stick you in the basics class. And I'm like, well, where's the basics class? Oh, we're going to teach you to run the ropes and bump. And I'm like, well, I already know that. And they're like, all right. And then they stick me with these guys who are consistently working the indies up in Seattle, California. Guys that like I'm like I'm 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 way out of my league here at this point in time. I'm probably I think let's see, this was six years ago, so I'm 23 years old. Coming in there, nobody knows who the hell I am. And uh, I got my ass handed to me that week, but I learned a lot and I I remember making a lot of uh lasting relationships while I was there that uh, to this day, I, I, I still cherish a lot of memories from that week. And it, it was a lot of fun. Like I remember I was so out, out of my league. I'll tell you this. Like there's a hotel where all the, like the boys were staying, but like I had gotten an Airbnb, Airbnb by myself, like 20 miles away because I just didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't in the business at the time. So like, I don't know. I look back. I don't think there was a, there would be a lot of guys not to toot my own horn. Shout out to the bus, Andy. But um. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of guys that would have done what I've done. Like everyone there had been doing this for like a while now at a serious level. And I went out there with absolutely minimal experience and that minimal experience being half a decade prior. And uh, it was, it was hard and it beat my ass, but that was what kind of like, Hey, I went to the Harley race camp and like had a lot, I learned a lot. Like, and that's what started getting the ball rolling. I remember there was a, professional wrestler by the name of jersey kid it was i think he was like richie constantopolis or something uh his name but he ran like a, a like a like a one-shot show out of a high school somewhere in new jersey and i got the sorry about the cars going by here but um the um 
got Demi and a lot of guys back then, like Shane Strickland, Adam Rose. Like I remember El Torito being on there. That was like my first like wrestling show back in you know five years. And I had like a, a I worked like a triple threat match. They'd all given us different names. So that's actually where I got given the name Johnny Nova. As a matter of fact, uh, I wrestled uh, as my uh, real birth given name John Newcomer up until that point when I was with ACPW. And uh, he wanted, like, you know, something like original characters for this federation that he was playing. And nothing ever ended up happening with the show after that. So I just kind of kept the name. I've written a promo that ended with Johnny Nova is going over. And uh, I don't know. Everyone loved it at the time. And uh, I just it kind of stuck with me. I was able to use that always over as a nickname. And it was it, it was a, it was like a missing piece for me to give me some some sort of identity, some sort of something to announce besides just here's this guy that wrestles. And um it's cool how like something like that, like it seems like a small show. Like I hardly remember the match, but like that's where I got my name that I've been using for the last six years. So from that's there, your handles too. What's that? It's your handles too, right? On exactly. Like Nova going over, yeah. and uh, it just it rolls off the tongue. I think it it, it it once again happened organically. Like I'm like Johnny Nova. Like I don't, I didn't know how I thought about the name at first, but the more I kind of like I tried it on, like you would like a coat, honestly. And like you you know you feel around and like I did some some promos in the mirror and my car and stuff with it. I'm like, you know, this is something that I think I actually can relate with. I look it up and I'm like, Oh, well, a Nova is a, like a birth of a new star. My real last name is newcomer. And I'm like, there's, there's like, there's some correlation there. Like I like deep cut stuff like that. Like almost like Easter eggs. I don't know if you're a video game fan, but Easter eggs is a term that I definitely um, would use for stuff that I like to do. Once again, unassuming and unexpected being the theme of, uh, this conversation right. it seems um outside of that though i i worked with keystone championship wrestling for a short time trained out of there did had a lot of opportunities with seminars he would uh kareem uh was the owner of that school he he had trained under taz at the ecw school in the late 90s early 2000s like right before the buyout of ecw happened so he there's a famous video of him snapping his leg like psycho sid style online that that's that's kareem but he ran this this uh school and um a uh keystone championship wrestling at the time that's where uh, i met one of my good friends in the business darian hardway it was pretty much myself darian hardway and my good friend nick cox working triple threats singles and tags against each other for about a year and a half and like just kind of giving a stage to go out there in front of like people that were coming to see guys like ultimo dragon coming to see guys like we I remember we brought in like ron simmons eugene new jack would show up from time to time um so that was like finally like i felt like i was dipping my toes into like where i, I needed to be like around guys that had been there guys that have uh you know transcended the independence and I, I was learning a lot uh as they would come through nobody that would ever stick around per se but K kcw opened up a lot of opportunities for me to learn from people who had been to the top of the mountain as we say um, after KCW went and folded in like, I would say early 2019, uh, one of the last bookings I had through KCW was like an ACPW reunion show from like way back when I first started and they wanted to do Delco mania where I was from. And I think that's where Damon Feldman first saw me because it was like Delco mania. And he's, he's, he's like, you know, Delco, he has his, uh, documentary coming out the 16th minute the play on words he had he they tried to say he had his 15 minutes of fame and he's pulling out like his 16th minute so i think he saw like this delco mania thing going on 
my buddy and I, Nick Cox, roll into there. We're team Pone and Bone at the time. He was the stud muffin, Nick Cox. He would shave a uh, diamond into his chest. Um, very much a pretty boy character. You can see these uh, kind of like a common theme with my tag teams, like with him. We walk in there against Riot City. We win the Delco Tag Team Championships. It was the ACPW Tag Titles. We called them the Delco Tag Titles at the time for that Delco Mania show. But on that show, we brought in guys like Mr. Kennedy, Matt Stryker. Um, I'm probably forgetting a few names, but the main guy there is Mr. Kennedy, Mr. Anderson. I approached him in the locker room. I told him, I was like, I know you have a school. Ours just closed down. What do we got to do to, like, get out there and just anything? And he made me an extremely generous offer to come out for a week. I took him up on that. Not everyone that got that offer took him up on that. Going back to the Harley race thing, not everyone takes these opportunities. I think it, there's a, it, it's 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 a huge risk when you're traveling across the country to learn how to like throw yourself on your neck. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and not a lot of people would want to go from Philadelphia to Minneapolis to take that chance. But I went out there. We're talking about the school that um, Top Flight came out of. Uh, great tag team in AEW. And you know Dante Martin, I'm sure. Uh, I believe he was Air Wolf at the time. Absolutely phenomenal talent training out of there. Um, I know that Julia Hart was there at the time. JDX, he's uh, making a lot of waves on Dark right now. Um, so I got to sit under Mr. Anderson's learning tree. And the same weekend, he brings in Booker T for a seminar. And I'm staying at the school at this point. Like, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't have a hotel or nothing. Like, I'm, you know, sleeping out of the school. And Booker T came to visit his friend. Ken Anderson. So I got to spend almost the entire weekend with Booker T picking his brain about stuff like really like once again, somebody who knows what it takes to be successful in this business at all levels of the business, everywhere he's ever been. He's been main event talent. You know who Booker T is, you know who King Booker is. He can do it any, any way, anything you give him, he's going to make it shine. And I, I got to learn, learn a lot from him. The very next day we drive all the way up almost to the border of Canada, an Indian reservation casino. It was called fortune Bania. And I walk in, I, 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 I remember telling Mr. Anderson, you, I came to you to sit under your learning tree and you took me into a, a, a jungle because I go in there and like, I remember the first person I meet in there, I walk in is Alundra Blaze, Medusa. Oh, yeah. And then I see Sting and then I see Jimmy Hart and Greg the Hammer Valentine and David Arquette and Colt Cabana and the Honky Tonk Man. And, uh, you know, I could go on and on and on. Uh, Tito Santana. Ultimate Dragon, once again, I run into him, and I, I remember, like, helping him out, working his merch table, uh, and forming a relationship with Sonny Ono, and, like, like I said, like, I when he, I say he led me into a jungle or a forest, like, when I just wanted to sit under his learning tree, that's something I'll never forget, because I was, I, he trusted me with that opportunity, it's, like, someone who he didn't really know, he, he just watched my match that night, I don't even know if he watched my match that night, but maybe it was just the way I approached him, um, I, I always believe. People, like I said earlier, LeGrand Jackson, my trainer, Onslaught. Not not everyone knows who he is, but everyone knows after they get to know me that I was trained the right way by him. And I, I always, every time I, I feel like I've reached a new level in the business, I send my respects to LeGrand Jackson, a.k.a. Onslaught, because he, he, he did train me right. And if he's watching this, I once again, sir, thank you for doing that, because it's it's created opportunities like that for me. And I, I seize them every time, just like I did to win these tag team championships we're talking about here. So um, fast forward through that, I end up at uh, H2O shortly after that uh, week out there at uh, Ken Anderson's place. And uh, H2O is run by a deathmatch legend, CZW legend, Matt Tremont. 
Um, he, his head trainer at the time out of there was Preacher Phineas James. Uh, once again, a name that I don't think a lot of people know down here, but they should. He progressed my training to a point that I didn't think I was going to get it that, in that area at the time. Um, he had done a lot of production work, a lot of, uh, I guess, like, if we're talking on here, somebody would say booking for places like Ring of Honor, the NWA uh, in, in the late 2000s. And he had, once again, a lot of experience, a lot of like a, a lot of people, you know, don't know where a lot of people have been in this business. And I learned a lot from Preacher Phineas James. And I uh, was with H2O for close to about two years uh, or about a year and a half, I'd say about a year and a half. Um, unfortunately, my mother passed away. Um, then COVID-19 hit like two months later. A lot of uncertainty going on in my life at a time. Some unfortunate circumstances led to me not really having a place to live after my mom passed and COVID, putting a lot of things on hold for a lot of people. Uh, fortunately, one of my good friends who comes from way back in my backyard wrestling days, because I, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that, but like most guys have done it. Uh, Jason Henning had graduated from Stetson University down here in uh, Central Florida, and he was looking for a place to live. I needed a place to live. He's always been an extremely big supporter of all my hopes and dreams. And he told me to come down here. And I came down here. I sat on my ass, depressed as hell for six months. I'd never lived that far away from home before. I grew up, grew up in the same two houses, my grandparents' house and my parents' house. And uh, sadly, they just, they just didn't exist anymore after everything that had happened. So I came down here practically with absolutely nothing but my two cats, Teague and Simone. And... Once again, I can't, I, ACPW pops back up. There was a group chat from that reunion show that for some reason Nelio was in. Okay. <laughs> and this group chat was from like early 2019. We're now talking around late 2020 at this point. That group chat lights up. It's Nelio. Hey, I'm looking for guys for a cruiserweight championship tournament. If there's if any of you guys want to come down and get looked at in South Florida, we're gonna have so and so on the show and like yada yada. And I'm I'm seething for opportunity at this point, and I'm stuck between a, in my mind like a rock and a hard place. And speaking personally here, financially, I'm down here. I I had left my teaching job. I was teaching daycare at the time, and I was comfortable. But I I the the teaching money down in Florida is not the same as the teaching money yeah. back in Pennsylvania. So I was not able to pay tuition to go to a big wrestling school down here because to me that investment would be something that like someone who necessarily wasn't trained would do and i felt like i was competent enough that i just needed to i just needed an opportunity somewhere to prove sure. and 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 I, I i needed to start making money first before i could do that and luckily nelio i reached out to him he says you're way too big to be a cruiserweight for my division brother but if anything else pops up i'll let you know and i'm like oh. i'm like what am i like you know like i right when something presents itself i'm like trying to try and try i i try my best to start sharing their stuff i don't know if anyone noticed that but like i i, I wanted to be a part of ccw for about two or three months all of a sudden I, I forget how it happened someone reached out they're like can you be there for this we want to take a look at you i went out there i had a practice match against jackal stevens I believe there was a meeting that took place to say whether or not I was the shits or not. <laughs> Obviously, I am not the shits. And uh, 
next thing you know, here we are a year later. I'm the CCW Tag Team Champion. And uh, I, I think it's crazy that you can look at a group chat from like a year and a half ago and then like, so, like he was just looking for guys. And it's just like, I, I was just like, that, that's like what I'm talking about earlier with like destiny. And like, if you believe in that sort of thing, it's like every time I think like I'm drifting away from wrestling, there's like this golden opportunity that presents itself. And I grab it by the throat every time. And it's just, I'm just not going to let go this time. So that's, that's pretty much the middle. If you're talking about from where, where we started yeah. back when I was 15 years old, or even back when I was two years old, watching that ladder match to where we are now sitting next to gold and this delicious, Triple Choke Slam, Unbranded Brewing Company, oh, CCW tie and You got to have one. Of course you yeah. got to have one. If you're a fan, you got this Johnny Cage looking guy on here. I just love it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's the uh, the white Oreo filling of my story, I guess you would say. So, you, I mean, you touched on so much in that. And I, I guess one question I, I have from what you just told us, you, you said you worked with Booker T, you worked with harley race you you know you got tra training from mr anderson um is there like one thing that you could point to that like was like a, a huge takeaway from any of the from like those guys just like that you might want to share in case there's you know somebody coming up that could benefit from it um i would say get get your information from people who have been there and that's an investment and it's an investment that not a lot of people want to take. I will admit I was one of those people before, but I learned it the hard way. And, you know, like you said, reflecting, hearing like, Oh, you've been doing this for 14 years. Like, yeah, there's that five year gap, but like, yeah, thinking back, like, Holy crap, 14 years. And like, I'm just picking up steam again now. And it feels like I'm really starting to build like the most momentum in my career. And, you know, you can call me a late bloomer and all that stuff, but it goes back to what I was saying earlier about being unexpected. And I think that unexpectedness is going to start turning into, oh, yeah, Johnny Nova. Johnny Nova? Okay. You, the, people are starting to understand who Johnny Nova is. So, um, 14 years, yeah. but, or 15 years, 14 years, but you started at 15. So, yeah. it's, so you're, so you're, no, you know, you're, you're on pace to hit the peak of your career in a few years, I think. So, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, to for a lack of a better word, the the ele my status is being elevated as Absolutely. we speak. <laughs> <Big> <laughs> um, so I guess for the purposes of orienting people that maybe have not had the privilege of encountering your work yet, mm -hmm. are there specific matches that you would tell people to go out and seek on YouTube or whatever? to oh, kind of easily. understand what Johnny Nova is all about. Right? I think um, the, if you want to follow my story here at CCW, you start with Johnny Nova versus Jake Tucker on the official CCW YouTube. I know that our rematch out of Melbourne is somewhere on there on YouTube. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a Florida wrestling fan that um, I truly appreciate when the fans post material because – you know, I'm I'm one of the guys that's driving from a lot further away than most of the guys that are, you know, stationed around Port St. Lucie or stationed around Halea and or Hialeah, excuse me. And they 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 get to see their stuff like next day at training, where it's like I'm not necessarily getting those privileges to get stuff sent to me. I'm not the type of guy that's gonna be badgering anyone. So when I see a fan post and stuff like that, it's amazing. So we got both of my Jake Tucker matches. I think that's a series that 
uh, now he's chanting Lorenzo, you know, stacks yeah. in WWE NXT 2.0 now. We're one to one. I think there's going to be a rubber match one day. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to happen. Who knows where it's going to happen? I think we both hope it's going to happen at a certain place, but that will happen again one day. But the Jake Tucker series, I think, is uh, two guys who aren't CCW regulars going out there, two different flavors. A guy like me who came out of that South Philly, New Jersey, kind of like almost the deathmatch scene. I wasn't, I'm, I would never call myself a deathmatch wrestler, but I was wrestling on deathmatch cool. shows for yeah. a long time. And I equate that to guys like, uh, you know, if you want to talk back to ECW, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit, uh, Kid Cash, uh, those types of guys who are in ECW. They're not necessarily the hardcore guys you remember, like Sabu and Sandman, but they were a huge part of ECW. And my vision for Johnny Nova up when I was uh, in New Jersey, that, that, that area – was to be that type of guy, that Chris Jericho, that Dean Malenko, that would go out there and put on that, like, that those bloodthirsty fans would sit there for a minute, almost turn them into a Japanese crowd and let them, like, respect the professional wrestling side of things. Like, that, uh, I don't, maybe that deathmatch stuff doesn't exactly deliver, but I love, I, I loved being a part of those deathmatch shows. That's, that's an area of the business that I never thought I'd experience. And, um, that was, uh, that was a, a crazy, crazy period of my life, definitely. So I have two more questions. Yes, sir. One of them has to do with you, you've climbed the mountain now, and you are one half of the World Tag Team Champions, and we have to look forward now. We know we talked about everything uh, that you've done in the past. Now we have to look forward. And there are you know, the interesting thing about CCW is people, you know, they think about teams like the South American Alliance. And, you know, and other tag teams that are sort of regular, like Mosh and Mayhem, for example. Yeah. Um, but you also have CCW has, has a, a reputation of working with AEW. They brought in Brian Cage. They brought in uh, uh, Fuego Del Sol and, yes, and other people. So when, you know, it's kind of wide open when we're talking CCW. Yes, you could, you know, you could be against Mosh and Mayhem at the next bash, but you could also find yourself up against top flight a team you talked about earlier or the acclaimed or something like that so yeah what are the notches that you want on that resume for elevated status i think the first the first thing that i need to say is uh there's an old saying in the wrestling business that it's not the title that makes the man it's the man or in this case the men who make the championship title and I had stated before, I genuinely believe deep down in my soul, two tag team champions that are on the same page holding the tag team championships is not a good look for your right. tag team division. And ERA and I spotted that weakness in Coastal Championship Wrestling, and we decided to elevate the status of the tag team championships. And to continue to elevate the status of the tag team championships, I would say we would have to face teams like the Acclaim and Top Flight. Maybe teams like Chaos Project or the Gun Club. Or if we want to look at Impact Wrestling, maybe even the Bullet Club. We need to be tested. If we are calling ourselves the last territory, we need to do what those territories didn't do back in the day to thrive and survive and work together to bring the best product to the great fans of South Florida. 
And that's the point of elevated status. I know we get booed when we walk out there. I know ERA doesn't exactly have the respect of all the fans that maybe, uh, you know, I do or certain other wrestlers do. But make no mistake that elevated status isn't necessarily a selfish thing. It's not necessarily a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's elevating the total status of that right there, CCW. So the better that we do, the better that we fight out in that ring, the better that we can beat out there in that ring and walk away retaining our championships. What does that say about CCW in that case? A lot, a hell of a lot. And I think that 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 should be what the future is. And no matter what comes our way, even if it is working with teams that are under this just the CCW umbrella, like you mentioned, Mosh and Mayhem. I know uh, I've I've spotted a team better together popping up here lately. I uh, I I know there's a lot of guys that I have personal history with, and ERA has personal history with, that might want to team up to take us on in an oddball fashion that a lot of people say that ERA and I are, you know, a mixed match tag team. And uh, I think that there's a lot of possibility for the future, but the one guarantee is that we're going to continue to elevate the status of these tag team championships. That's enough said. Yeah, so I'm going to look directly into the camera. I know... CCW Executive Director Nelio Cuomo Costa is probably watching this interview. I'm sure he is. Johnny Nova wants, yes, the best of South Florida, but he wants also to bring Over in the best all of the, the world. That's right. The best the, of the exactly. entire world. I don't, I don't care. You elevate your status. You just bring in the competition. Yeah, that's 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 what that's that's the deal, right? I'm I'm we're trying to bring the best talent for the fans of South Florida and elevate the status of CCW. So you bring us the best talent. We're going to deliver the best product possible. And then who knows what happens next? We're going to shatter glass ceilings. We're going to shatter like six of them at the same time. It's, it's going to be a mess, but it's going to be a fun mess. And it's going to be something that's facilitated by Ernest R. Alexander and Johnny Nova. And we do need the executives to make that happen. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't be mistaken. I understand the way things work. So, last comment, uh, or last question, I guess. What message do you want to send to all the tag teams that are going to try to to take elevated status down? What is the message? The message is uh, probably not so simple. I think the message is a little little distorted to most people because – Nobody expected this to happen. Nobody expected ERA and I to team up. Nobody expected us to defeat SAA for the tag team championships in a ladder match that became a tables, ladders, and chairs match. We were all bleeding all over the place. It was a mess, but we came out on top because that's what we do. We elevate the status of the tag team division. So for all the tag teams watching right now, all the guys at the school watching right now, all the people that are going to be rolling in to Pompano Beach and Hialeah, to try their luck against us. Expect the unexpected. Assume the unassuming. Because ERA is going OVA. Because Johnny Nova is going over. And if you don't like it, that sucks. But I think a lot of people are going to end up liking it. Because it, 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 just, it is what it is. You see us at these red carpet events already. Like not even a week later. With celebrities that are internationally known holding standing next to the tag team championships 
the CCW Tag Team Championships, not the WWE Tag Team Championships, not the NXT Tag Team Championships, not the AEW, not the Impact, not the NJPW, IWGP, PWG, none of that. That that's that's this week, as far as all other media is concerned, CCW is what was in the spotlight, and that is because of Johnny Nova, and that is because of Ernest R. Alexander. And if you think you can fill those shoes that we ripped through and then sewed back together with way more material because SAA isn't even a tag team anymore. Nobody has seen Fonzie ever since he got bloodied. And Ariel's walking around huffing and puffing now. And Venetius is apparently out with brain damage. If you think you can do better than them, please, please come to CCW and try. Because that's what I need, that's what Ernest needs, and that's what the fans need, and that's what the fans expect. So let's give it to them. That's my message. With that said, thank you, Johnny Nova, for this great conversation thank that you, we have Ryan, had. Jay. And uh, everybody, you can go to CoastalChampionshipWrestlingFL.com. You'll see all the events that are coming up where you can see elevated status. Defend those tag team titles. The last champions had 50 defenses. I think this team is poised for we'll an unlimited, in one night. Right? I'll pull a 24-hour Chris Hero marathon if I there have to go. out there. I don't, I, I don't care. If they want to keep sending these people out there, I'll pull an old line out of my playbook. You're going to get pounded and boned. That's what's going to happen. Because your girlfriend's favorite wrestler, ERA, and your boyfriend's worst nightmare, Johnny Nova, are going over. And that's all we got to say about that. All right. With that said, thank you very much, sir. Uh, you, we'll sir. cut it right here. Thank you. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks so much once again to Johnny Nova. There is a ton in that interview, and I'll be honest, it bears listening to once again if you weren't paying close attention. Harley Race, Booker T, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Ace Austin, all of these guys that were mentioned in that interview great stuff by johnny nova uh we have a bunch of great guests lined up for the next month i'm really eager to talk with those people and share those interviews with you so in the meantime follow us on social media i'm minutes to bell time on facebook and instagram mins to bell time on twitter be sure to watch a live wrestling each and every Tuesday on the CCW YouTube channel and follow Coastal Championship Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next week. Hey, what's up? It is 12 Gauge Paige Van Zant, And as you know, I just transitioned into pro wrestling and I wouldn't go anywhere else in South Florida other than CCW where I get to train with David Gangrel. You have been watching CCW Insider, produced by Minutes to Bell Time in association with Coastal Championship Wrestling.